0: Happy Easter! Can we live in virtue and hope in the world as it is? I need you to tell me how. The Monica Perez Show starts now. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Normally Saturdays from 3 to 6, but today I am here from 12 to 2 on Easter, live, taking your calls, I want to keep it uh, bright and hopeful on this day where we celebrate the risen Christ, and uh, I consider that, or it's pretty well established for Christians that it is the source of all hope, opening up the gates of heaven. Uh, but I, I'm a hardcore libertarian. I don't usually mix my politics with religion, and I... I'm not saying that 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 I mean, I'm committed to that, but it doesn't mean that we can't talk about uh morality, and I want to talk about doing good, doing right in this world as it is. Because I've been thinking about it. Uh as a matter of fact, I went to confession this week. You go to confession during Holy Week, and the priest like asked me a lot of questions. If I if I'm <laughs> I mean, it was like unnerving. And uh, one of the questions he asked me was if I tithed, tithing, tithe, like give a tenth of your income to the church. And I was totally taken aback. And I asked him, I was like, obviously on my toes because, and this is the question that I've been thinking about ever since, is, This is a welfare state. I mean, I I really believe that the progressive tax system is set up so that any time you have extra money, it's absorbed by the state. And they do that primarily in the name of charity, of welfare, of redistribution of wealth. So by my calculation, which I've done on the air before, I won't bore you with it, but the, all the governments of the United States take 40% of the productivity of the private sector. They spend 40%. They don't tax you at 40% because they run deficits and debt, but they spend 40%. And uh, in in my estimation, at least 80% of that is pure redistribution of wealth, is just taking money and, and using it to give people with less money stuff. So and and i believe it's designed to absorb basically everything you got everything extra you might have uh and i so i look at that let's just assume, i mean we can hash out whether people agree with me on that or not but let's just say that's the way it is or something like that 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 there's a question there of do you what is your moral obligation as i don't believe in the state doing that but they're doing it So do I have to consent and do it voluntarily? Do I still have to give – the priest didn't really give me the answer. I mean, I think I kind of stumped him. Uh, And in particular, for uh, this example, which is – it's a church here in Atlanta I no longer go to, uh, kind of for this reason and others, was that they had a woman – uh, asking for donations to Catholic charities. She was doing it instead of the homily, which makes me crazy. It's against the rules, but she was asking for that. And one of the things she said that Catholic charities does is uh, help people sign up for welfare, which I consider to have moral implications, both for the giver and the taker on that. Like, I don't think it's good for people. Uh And and actually, when they the church called me to like ask me for donations to the church, and I said, "Look, if that's where if that's where the money's going, I object." And the next time, the next year, when she came around, she gave the same speech, but she left that part out, and that really galled me because. I don't think they stopped doing it. I think they just stopped telling people because they knew in our kind of conservative congregation, people would not like that. And I tipped them off. But my point is that if the, if the Catholic church is taking it is, is engaging in the plunder is promoting that they can't also expect you to give it to them directly. So I think there's like real questions on what are our kind of, moral obligations there and i got—I actually threw that question out on twitter and got an amazing number of responses normally people like what i say or retweet it or whatever but i had a lot of responses so i'm gonna um as the show unfolds my producer binkley and i are gonna go through those binkley hello how are you doing and happy easter
1: i'm great happy easter to you
0: Thank you very much. Uh, I actually thought, I thank you for working today. I actually thought it was a, a smidgen scandalous to work uh, on Easter. I guess it's bad enough that I am ha- happy to work on Sundays. But my uh, my husband said that as long as we keep it uh, relevant and good, that maybe it's it's an opportunity to do something good. But I don't know. I'm not really great at that. I'm struggling, so actually, let's have people help us do that because I I'm uh, I'm great at analysis. I'm not always great at like the uh, the color of it all. So if you want to, well, this is the subject I really want. So we can talk about the question of tithing or the question of what is our our moral obligation. Of but tithing. I also tithing. Sorry, tithing is the one tenth.
2: I was oh, saying okay. earlier,
0: it's like one tenth. It's, it's a biblical thing in the old, and I don't know how they call it in the New Testament, but the, it's this idea that you have to give a tenth to the church. But as I was reading about it, someone like tweeted to me, read about it. And I was like, oh, dude, tell me, trust me, I'm reading about it. I just, it's, it gets complicated because it's thousands of years old and the systems that these, that these uh admonitions or requirements arose in is so different from ours and it makes me think that so as this welfare state emerges to me as i'm thinking about it that is that is the church that is the secular church that the state runs it is a mixture of church and state because they're taking you know people on the left i are like so adamant about not mixing church and state. It's just, but that is, that is church and state. So that's like when I was looking back, that is the function of this tithing and everything is that it was, I believe from what I can tell, but of course, like when you start going down this road, people, millions of people have dedicated their lives to studying religion and theology and uh, all and the Bible. So I'm not going to, definitely not going to, kind of figure it out but it seems like it served a different function then because you did not have this secular church that was uh part and parcel with the government that used the force of arms to take a third or or up to a half of your of your income of the fruits of your labor and give it to other people like i i for the purposes of keeping the community afloat or even virtuous. I mean, this idea of dignity, of uh, not only pulling people out of poverty so they can eat and have clothing, but that they should have dignity. That's part of it, too, of education, of a church's perhaps responsibility to educate. And I, and what I was reading about the Old Testament, that that was part of what they used the money for, was um, a kind of bigger social responsibility. So I see it as that is the church in the state. Now, not my church, but I'm just saying, like, how do you get around that? And if the Catholic Church vehemently objected to that and refused to participate, I might uh, stand with them. But I I have problems with that. And then you also have somebody tweeted, I think Voltairene tweeted, uh, she said... I have it right here
1: if you want me to read it. yeah. Is giving to charity not teething or tithing tithing. or it has been given uh, to the or does it have to be given to the official church? I thought all God's people are the church.
0: She yes, and she followed up. uh, I forgot to highlight this one. She followed up with a tweet that said I didn't like now what she said. See, I I don't want to put words in her mouth or own this, but she said she doesn't like to give to, is it the Catholic church? I don't know what church she was talking about because they do political things with it, including, she, I had never heard this before. So maybe I'm going to solicit from her a, a link on this where they want to have lighter rules and senses on pedophiles. Is that possible? Have you ever heard that?
1: I have not heard that expressed yeah, but I mean, I, I don't. They know. do have some some shady stuff.
0: They, I mean, that's that. the thing. Like to to start that rumor in the wake of the scandals, I don't know if it's if it adds support to it or not. But I, I, she's a pretty straight shooter, so hopefully, Valterine, you can you can tweet me a link to that. But um, but the the point is, like, all of a sudden, and other people tweeted that. It's why I object to taxes. It's like, I don't believe that what they're doing is good. I actually think in a lot of cases, it's, it's actually bad. So, uh, I've got issues with that. But what I had really intended to talk about today, as far as, uh, what we can do to kind of, um, redeem ourselves, let's say, is, uh, is, think about the works of mercy. So last year I did a show on Holy Saturday, and it talks about the virtues. I mean, these things are delineated in the Catholic Church, and I'm sure, and you know, every major religion has ethics that are laid out. And one of the things I used to put up on my on my bulletin board in my kitchen is not only the virtues but the works of mercy, things you can actually do. And my father used to, my mother does it, but she didn't talk about it. but my father used to say, like, you need to look for opportunities to exercise these works of mercy. You have to look for it. It doesn't just like show up on your doorstep. Sometimes it does. Like I think when I had a son who had down syndrome, like God was like, you know what? You're just not, you're just not putting yourself out there. So we're going to put it right in your home and you're going to have to feed this hungry kid for like the rest of his life and all that. Uh, but now that's a joy. So I, um, You know, it's time to look outside. So I want to go through what the works of mercy are and how we can kind of jive that with the with the welfare state or immigration issues. You know, it's like it's interesting, I think. So let's do it. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. And we'll read some tweets after the break at Monica Perez Show.
3: Monica Perez. Evil does seek to maintain power by suppressing the truth. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB.
0: I have a prize pack for you. The Arrow Exterminators Weekend Prize Pack is a pair of tickets to see Jeff Lynn's ELO live in concert Friday, July 5th at State Farm Arena. That is a great show. I saw a um, preview of that show, like a practice of that show. It was awesome. Tickets are on sale now at LiveNation.com and the first to call four oh four seven four one zero seven fifty gets that prize pack. I want to uh, go to a call. I'm going to Tony and Canton. Tony, you're on with Monica. Hi, Tony.
4: How are you doing? Good. Um I'm a I'm a pastor and I wanted to say something about the tithing. It's great. Um, really it's it's you shouldn't be doing it because in Hebrews chapter seven and eight. It, it's called a, f- a fleshly commandment. And back in the days when they were doing tithing, you didn't have churches all over the place. So you had like temples, and sometimes they had like the Passover, it would take you days to get there. So once everybody got to the Passover or the temple, like if I had a bunch of chickens or this person had a bunch of livestock, I would bring a tenth of mine, you would bring a tenth of yours. And when we had the service, then we would all enjoy and eat because you you had livestock, you had vegetables, you had the wine, you'll bring a tenth of whatever you're doing. But now today churches aren't, they're not sharing with everybody what they're taking in. You know, so the church was kind of like the pillar of the community. Now it's kind of like paying taxes. If That's going to everybody. So the churches is using an uh, old-time uh, law to still take get money, because it clearly said in Hebrews chapter 7 and 8, that jesus said it was a carnal or fleshly commandment we really didn't have to do it so you know yes if you read all of hebrews chapter seven it'll tell you from the beginning to the end and eight it was changed when jesus was crucified because he said if you you wouldn't no need to be able to take care of the priest anymore i'm the final i will be the final sacrifice it'll be there's no need for them to be taken care of. It's a carnal, fleshly commandment made by man and not by God. Oh, so.
0: that is excellent. And you know what? The uh, I was taught that everything changed when uh jesus rose from dead today but i love that thank you so much that was just what i was looking for i'm gonna read into that greatly appreciate it let's uh i've got some fantastic tweets to read and i want to talk a little bit about the notre dame cathedral fire uh definitely nothing you've heard anywhere else this is monica perez
3: monica perez
5: no never give up never surrender
3: on news 955 at am 750 wsb
0: That was Galaxy Quest. Oh, my gosh. Uh, The first time I saw that movie, I just stumbled into it. I had no idea. And I'm a huge Star Trek fan, and it's like a parody of Star Trek. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it was one of those times when, like, my kids thought there was something wrong because I was crying, laughing. anyway that just proves that like a no you're gonna watch the movie and just be like is she an idiot (laughs) like what the hell so um first of all i want to thank tony for that great call before the break explaining tithing as um he i mean i'm not going to even try to recap what he said but he was saying that it's not a um a commandment it's a carnal commandment or a man made carnal man made okay um Because the reason the question of tithing came up to me was that the priest asked me in confession if I tithed, like if I had to confess not tithing. So I got to dig in. The Catholic rules, Catholics, the Catholic Church interprets things differently. I'm not saying sometimes, you know, so I'm not saying I'm going to be smarter than the church, but I want to dig into this one a little bit because I was galled. I was like, are you kidding me? Like I, we give so much just to... Like the the taxes are all for charity, basically. Right. And that that is what people are saying. So that's very interesting to me. Uh, I wanted to. Oh, could you read Finkley, my producer, Finkley, in case you're just tuning in for the first time ever? Uh, what is that tweet we got? We've been talking about tithing. We're going to kind of move on. I want to talk about Notre Dame. I want to talk about the – I want to just highlight the works of mercy, like things to keep in your mind, like these are things that we should try to do if we can. Uh, we can I'm taking calls, 404 750 1-800-WSB-TALK. And if you want to hear this show in its entirety commercial-free, you can check out com. The Prop Report is a propaganda report. Binkley and I – Uh, post that this show on Wednesday and our podcast on Thursday. But what's the tweet?
1: It's from Ricky Bobby. He tweets, The church is too political nowadays. I believe even the Baptists are trying to make deals with the government, or at least getting in the politically correct mentality. I'd rather give my money to a charity or a particular ministry directly.
0: Uh, I, I feel the same way. I mean, my son has Down syndrome. I like to put all of our resources into that. But the thing with that is, I mean, it gets very lopsided and has to afflict you before you engage. However, that may be a self-regulatory mechanism where the people that afflicts the most uh, are the things, things that are afflicts a lot of people are the things that get the attention and money. Maybe that's a, a good way to do it. Although that leaves things that afflict the poor more than anyone else uh, in the dust. So, there's there's room for a, a lot of different approaches. I think I want to uh, take a call, but first I do want to just identify the corporate corporal and spiritual works of mercy altogether. There's fourteen. There's seven each corporal and spiritual the corporal ones i'm going to read the first four and every one of them raises questions for me in the welfare state or the nation state the first one is to feed the hungry the second one is to give drink to the thirsty and the third one is to clothe the naked and to me food stamps and uh welfare and all that address those now the problem is i don't consent to the the state performing the functions of the church in that way yet i have to pay for it so i don't have the extra income that i would have had if this these things and and they're getting done with that money and if they're not getting done with that money that's sinister it's a pathocracy it's a government that's not trying and uh i do believe that is the state we're in right now but but this also like because this is a a church and state thing they're mixing church and state and it's a secular religion. But – and some people I, – I can see how people say kind of historically you do – the church and the state are kind of one thing. Your moral and civil laws are kind of one thing because you came from the same culture, the same ethnicity. And then I read – and Christopher Dawson is like a famous Catholic philosopher, I would say. Also MacArthur, General MacArthur had this same concept, which was if a civilization does not have – one religion, it is a civilization in decline. There's no way to grow if you don't have the same values. And it's just food for thought. Um Oswald Spengler, controversial uh what they call gentleman scholar, so he wasn't an academic, but he was a scholar. Yeah. He and he has theories of civilization. And he said if you have eclectic architecture eclectic architecture so traditional stuff and modern stuff side by side that's a sign of a civilization in decline where you don't have values because to him culture uh philosophy society is all about the numbers like literally like numerical geometric behind the it's interesting very interesting but no it's not no it's not numerology it's about relationships Mm -hmm. so like my brother was telling me about the Fibonacci thing he grows sunflowers he's like you know it follows the Fibonacci series and I'm not familiar with that I'm ashamed to say but it's this idea that these numerical relationships underlie basically everything and that's where Spengler was coming from so when I heard about the Notre Dame fire I immediately thought of the Louvre the Louvre is an uh Whatever Baroque Palace, I don't know, but like old, pre-Napoleon. <laughs> but if you go there now, you see. I think it's I am Pei was the architect who put a pyramid, which has its own symbolic issues, a very modernistic pyramid in the courtyard of the Louvre. So it's this eclectic architecture in as the focal point of French culture, which is is an is a, this. can be interpreted as the sign of a civilization in decline. So, so many things went through my mind when, as Notre Dame was burning, on starting the first day of Holy Week, uh, I just, I was just overcome. And, uh, And one of the things I thought immediately was that they would, first of all, it was a sign of destroying this traditional religion of Catholicism or all traditional religion. And I had had this idea before where there, I just really puzzled. I was like the 20 I, I, year, a couple of years ago when I was first really grasping this idea of the dialectic as motivating all political action these days, the dialectic being uh, the thesis antithesis and then synthesis or problem, you know, crisis, reaction, solution, whatever. So, like, all political action nowadays is motivated by, one, a thing happening, people reacting to it, and then usually the state or whatever, somebody proposing a solution, but the solution was the policy goal altogether. So then you have to recognize that some of these some of these crises are initiated just to get the reaction and demand the solution. So that's how I see the world, and if you look back at the 20th century, the dialectic was capitalism versus communism, and the synthesis what we have is social democracy. The world over, they speak English; they're all well the same thing, and it's considered this inviolable virtue that we're willing to kill or die for. Now they're trying to bring that back just for for political purposes, the socialism, capitalism, but we're social democracy. It's that's what we are, and that's what that was the outcome of the 20th century thing. And I just was puzzling. What is the 21st century dialectic? Just puzzling, puzzling, puzzling. And I just could not get away from the fact that the conflict in the world today is religious. It's like, I I, just simplistically, if I, the way I see it from our, my perspective here is Judeo Christian versus Islam. Like that's basically what we're being served. And, and, you could go back to Samuel Huntington and Bernard Lewis. They wrote Clash of Civilizations. One was a book, one was an essay. But they made it very clear what the dialectic was going to be. And I was like, okay, but what's the synthesis? I just really scratched my head because it looks to me like the world power, the people who are behind all this stuff, want secularism, no religion. And I said, there's just no way around it. They must be, they have to be going for a kind of synthetic religion that, they can co-opt into the world state and and i really just deduced it and now i so when this notre dame thing was happening and then i started like paying attention to it it's so funny once you like have your eyes open something you see it everywhere then i started realizing that they did try the no religion thing it didn't really work that a religion a co-opted religion a state religion is very powerful as a way to keep people in line with the with the state so so i looked at so I, when notre dame was burning i thought they're tearing down the old and they'll they'll maintain it they'll rebuild it as a temple to what's called a syncretic religion like a synthesis uh, that they'll put it all together i believe i read i saw someone talking about how sandy hook connecticut is a place where there's like a a new age world religion kind of headquarters there it's kind of weird so i I should look into that but the idea i thought they'll maybe they'll do that with notre dame and then i heard who was going to pay to rebuild it all the people who are contributing one of whom was tim cook i believe who binkley do you not remember when he got that award from the anti-defamation league and we both commented when we analyzed his speech that he was absolutely preaching and he was being treated as a high priest it was it was weird
1: Yeah. And one of the reasons he got the award was for banning Alex Jones being the first one, which for
0: his what the uh, presenter said was his anti dangerous anti government conspiracy theories. Yeah. So I want to get into um, I want to get into that at the top of the hour. I want to take a couple of calls right now. Uh, I'm going to go to Bob in Tucker. Bob, uh, you're on with Monica. Hi, Bob.
6: Hi, um, happy Easter to you and, uh, ha- Sameach, if I said that right to our Jewish friends. Um, I wanted to, you, you posed a question about ties.
2: Um,
6: and so I, I wanted to pitch in my opinion.
0: Oh, I, yeah. Uh, you got-
6: I read in, in the New Testament that, uh, you know, take, it's translated take up your cross and follow me. But I read an alternate translation, uh, which is that cross is the same word as staff. And so it could be translated as, use everything vested in you and follow me. And so that makes the modern case for tithes. Even if it's not a sacrifice of animals, it's still drawing near to God so that God will draw near to you and offering what you have in the service of his kingdom.
0: uh, Do you feel like it really should be a tenth of your income to your church?
6: Well, it was, in the uh, the law, a a tenth of your livestock or grain. And so why wouldn't it be a tenth? Um, Now, I think you have a valid point that there is this secular religion that is taking one-third of our income. Right. And so some people still have another tenth of the original or even a tenth of the remainder uh, if they're really in hard times. But I think that's something we should try to do because we're serious about being servants, why not?
0: I agree with you, and I'll tell you why. I mean, I'm not I, – I how people want to interpret what you're saying, I don't know. But what I'm agreeing with is it. it the spirit of that is valid, in my opinion, in that, first of all, I believe that materialism – that it's a zero-sum game, materialism and spiritualism. That materialism crowds out spiritualism, and – If it is, it's, it actually is probably only really effective as a personal, as a, as an enrichment for you spiritually, not even where it goes or what it's for, but that it helps you master or, you know, master materialism that, that the sacrifice itself gets you where he wants you to be. And that is, that is consistent with Christ's message from top to bottom. All right, I'm going to think about that as I take a break and then come back to Heidi, and then at the top of the hour. I want to talk more about Notre Dame. This is Monica Perez.
3: Monica Perez. It's all real. Oh, my
0: God, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it.
3: On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB.
0: So Keith called from Dallas, didn't stay on, but he said the federal government funds churches to support the poor. And I know the Catholic Church takes money one way or another, signing people up for welfare or whatever. Uh, I don't like it. I think it's a conflict of interest. But um, but Bigley, my producer and I, were talking at the break. He was a little confused by the confession thing. So, And I know that's true. Like People who are not Catholic don't necessarily get it. But you go to confession, which is a sacrament, it's great, and you confess mortal sins, stuff that they can get you into hell. And uh, and it's not like you are you just go straight to heaven after that, like you still have to go to purgatory and atone for the sins and the fires of purgatory. Isn't
1: it's, that up is like, for interpretation?
0: Well, but the Catholics are interpreting it for Catholics, okay. you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's a... Up for interpretation is not really a Catholic concept from what so you I- you can't
1: go into a debate while you're in the confessional.
0: You can, like you can consult your conscience. If you consult your conscience, a like fully informed conscience, and you honestly consult it, you're actually, even if it disobeys the rules of the church, you are obliged to follow your conscience, which is where I get into a little back and forth sometimes. <laughs> but so this is an unusual confession. I only ever had this twice. He said, are you, whatever. He, he went through the commandments. He went through the commandments, and I had just been to confession like two weeks prior, but he like just launched into this like, have you ever?
1: And I was like, dude, I
0: have I ever? So like, ne- I don't a
1: never, know. A Game of never have I ever in confessional? <laughs> that's
0: right. I don't know if I'm You really can't take lightly that's which is divine, but this is not divine. This is a human to human. So he asked me questions like, um, have you ever had a facelift? Have you ever gone to a psychic? Stuff like that was very interesting. Anyway, let's get into the Notre Dame stuff, top of the hour. This is Monica Perez.
2: This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.
0: This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB, usually every Saturday from 3 to 6, but today I'm on live Easter Sunday. Happy Easter, 12 to 2. We are, as always, digging in. Nothing's easy on this show. Only listen if you want to think or even uh, exchange ideas. So you can call four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty one eight hundred WSB Talk or tweet at me at Monica Perez Show. I just got a text from my sister who said I'm driving so I can't tweet, but she can text. No, just kidding. She does it, She does it hands free. I know. I've seen it. She says I think you might be scaring people away from going to confession. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, Actually sounds like you have a good time in there. And Binkley was a little (laughs) put off, too, as I was talking about the um, about going to confession, because I was I actually I actually went to this priest because he's so erudite. And I had like some deeper questions and as i was talking to him he said you want to do confession and then i was like "Ah, i'm not really prepared you're supposed to reflect on it so then he started going through the 10 commandments like that's that only happens to me once before so um anyway can't you know i'm not the person to ask about like theological stuff which is probably why i was asking him questions and i really do struggle with this like idea this personal relationship with god but i live you know i practice i i really believe that without god there isn't hope so i live in hope and i and i hope that i'll get where i need to go but like my mother always said she didn't she doesn't even like You know me, I'm like this truth-seeking, rabbit hole explorer. I can't stop trying to figure out all the answers. So what's this? What's that? You know, (laughs) but my mom says she never does that, that she just decided when she was 19 that it was a better way to live. And I have to say, I think it is a better way to live. And I think the fact that we have this spiritual imperative, this moral imperative, is evidence that that there's more more going on, you know, that that... either more going on individually on a spiritual level or that our society requires this kind of goodness and either way, the benefits of raising your kids like this, you know, I, I guess, I guess I feel like the best I'm going to do is just accept it. And even that's kind of hard for me as you might notice that I, I just, it's hard for me to accept stuff. It's hard for me to accept that the Notre Dame, Fire is an accident on the first day of Holy Week in total destruction of the most valuable thing in, in that in all of France probably hard to believe, but I do. Uh, I want to get into that. I want to first let let me take Linda. She's been on uh, waiting to talk. So Linda, you are on with Monica. Happy Easter.
7: Happy Easter. I love your show. Oh, that's great. I wanted to mention, because uh, you were talking about Notre Dame and the tearing down of the old religion mm-hmm. and the building up of a new world religion. And that's yep. actually, uh, I, I know a lot of different religions, the Protestant, Catholic, and there is, that is scriptural. And many people believe that, you know, it's called the last days. There will be an anti. It's the
0: ecumenicalism. I know Catholicism, um, I think John Paul II maybe kind of promoted ecumenicalism, which some people disagree with that. It should be, I think the idea for Catholics, I my uncle was a priest, and he used to tell me like the kind of pre-Vatican II stuff, that ecumenicalism was that Catholicism, Catholic Church means the universal church, is that everyone was supposed to become Catholic. So right. I'm not saying that's true, but that's what, like for the Catholics, I think that That is a valid idea, but you're saying it's it's that's not what you're saying. You're not saying there is a religion everyone's supposed to be. You're saying we're all just supposed to be one religion. What is that religion?
7: Well, what what it's more that uh, there's a, a, a one world religion that is anti God that will be established in the future, and that's the process we're actually going through. You know, we're seeing right before our eyes is that there will be an Antichrist that will uh, establish a new world religion, but it will be anti-God. He will establish himself as God. And I
0: absolutely think that the syncretic religion that I'm talking about, that I that I saw emerging like without what you're saying, I just see it. And so uh, it's not to me. It is it is secular at best.
7: Yes, and it's it's actually anti God, anti Christ. Right. They call him the Antichrist, yeah. and this is a this is in Scripture. It is prophecy. It's in Revelation. It's in the New Testament that we'll see that happen in the last days. And and many people believe what we're seeing right now, it, as you were talking about the tearing down of the church. There'll be a great apostasy. Many people will fall away from, you know, the traditional. Uh, doctrine of the church to take on all kinds of doctrines and, and eventually just as will be established a new uh, world religion that is and uh, uh, the Antichrist will be consi- will, and you have to worship the Antichrist, you no longer worship God and you see that in, in countries where they take religion out and, and the the dictator or whoever it is is Considered, I mean, his image is everywhere, and he is considered God, you know. And and they, they want to uh, take religion out of that society.
0: I, I and, actually I yeah yes I see that, and I I would say it's even um, even without an individual. I I often think about the idea in Revelations that you need the mark of the beast in order to interact in the marketplace. And that when you look at what's happening with social media and credits, if you watch that show, that British show, Black Mirror, uh, if you see that they'll shut down your access to banking if you don't do what they want, that um, so like if states have drug laws that differ from federal laws, they were keeping people from being able to use banking. Venezuela, like it was having problems accessing the world marketplace. And to me, though, it's not even like the religion that there, that, that that represents that religion becoming one with the world government. And I feel like it all smacks of religion, environmentalism, uh, even this welfare state stuff. So I'm going to take, Linda, what you're saying, and I'm going to let that sink in. I'm going to keep my eyes open to that. I mean, it's not that I haven't heard that kind of thing before, but I, like, I need to – pull pull it all together because i see the signs i see the signs of how you have to submit you have to repeat the pc stuff you have to have that politically correct way of thinking uh, probably even to stay in a good school and that is total control over your mind and heart and you must accept that morality in order to live in order to engage in the marketplace and i think it all it's all going to the same place i do believe we're we're seeing that emerge before our eyes thank you so much for the thought-provoking call and i am going to go to thing a little more uh tangible in this notre dame stuff so binkley and i have been looking at my producer here have been looking at some of the implications of the fire at Notre Dame, and it launched Holy Week. I immediately, I mean, you expect these things because always something happens on Holy Week, something on in Sri Lanka, many people died worshiping today. There is always that. I believe a lot of these events uh, are created to get us to fight each other with uh, from a religious point of view that 's an old kind of CIA trick is to create tribes and religions and overlay this historical or even ancient conflict in order to you know kind of they they region that up in order to get us to fight so that we can force an outcome and still feel like it 's moral to force that outcome so like i, I don 't always trust what you see is what you get with these stories and the thing about about Notre Dame, I just it, it just it, it's too valuable a thing. Like this idea that government is just totally incompetent is belied by the fact of our FAA and all the airplanes that our government. I mean, they really need those air travel to work for us to have transactions because they tax transactions. They tax the productivity. That's why they always want the growth, growth, growth. They want tax, tax, tax. So in France, they do want, they want revenue and stuff. They want to protect their tourism. So I so as I started thinking about this Notre Dame issue and started reading about it, there are reasons why they might have wanted this to happen and allowed it to happen or even made it happen. I don't know. But it's not the conspiracy theory that you're, that there's another level of things going on here, which is, we're being showed the Notre Dame fire, we're being told it's an accident, and then we're being shown conspiracy theories that say it was terrorism. And I believe both of those are distractions from what's really going on. And one of the things that's really going on, well, regardless, you have to ask the question, qui bono, who's benefiting from this? And if you look at the Notre Dame story, it was in a terrible state of disrepair. There was no money and there's a lot of protests there that don't want the money to go to be spent on restoring it. They have committees and whatnot. The bureaucracy, they would probably probably, according to their laws, you'd have to restore it. You couldn't destroy it and rebuild it. Then I noticed that it that they were talking about these renovations in the context of the 2024 Olympics. Which is coming to Paris. And then, as they talked about rebuilding it, they said it would take five years, which is exactly how long they need. And now, all of a sudden, this church is a victim. It's an emotional situation so that corporations and oligarchs and rich people all over the world can give tons of money. And what's going to happen when they give tons of money? They're going to have a say in what it looks like. So. Then you say, well, we have to capitulate, it has to be kind of secular, and people suggesting that this is something that has to do with the Catholic Church are completely wrong. The government of France owns that. The church has exclusive perpetual rights to use it as a religious place, but they are not rebuilding it. They have nothing to do with that. I don't even think they have any say over it. So they've so there and it reminds me of one of the conspiracy theories behind the twin towers which is it was full of asbestos it could not according to the rules and regulations the twin towers in new york could not be uh used that it was going to it was going to fail regular you know rising regulations it could not be remediated because it would just be just billions if not more just beyond the capacity to really do it and it couldn't be wired for computers and stuff and that it couldn't be destroyed because it couldn't be like blown up like it was because of the asbestos like regulations would not allow you have to basically take it down tile by tile you know uh it it was just a a problem and then when it was destroyed it got rebuilt into this different building and some people think well somebody benefited from that I mean, as sick as that thought is because people died there, whereas Notre Dame, nobody died uh, from what we've heard. And so. So this will yield the result that was desired, and I just think it's it's needful to reflect on that. And we've got some funny audio about conspiracy theories surrounding Notre Dame, to which I do not subscribe, but the audio is pretty funny. So, Binkley, stand by with that. If you want to talk to me, you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show, or you can call 800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez.
3: Monica Perez. Bring
0: big drama show. Let's go. Let's do
3: it. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB.
0: Happy Easter. I'm afraid I'm not going to get to all the corporal and spiritual works of mercy because we've got to dig into some uh, uh, important insight on the what's going on with the Notre Dame fire, and uh, I want to do that at the bottom of the hour. So let me just tell you now the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. Uh, I already started to feed the hungry, to give drinks to the thirsty, to clothe the naked. The next one, to harbor the harborless, at More News One, points out that that is a tricky question. Um, in the age of the nation state, with immigration, uh, how do you deal with that? So my theme so far with this, or the my struggle, really, because I don't have an answer, I'm not trying to tell you, is that in the, in the welfare state, it's hard to... Sometimes charity is hard. Sometimes these works of mercy are hard to accomplish because there's real conflict. Like one of them is to bear wrongs patiently. If you bear wrongs patiently and the wrong the wrongdoer is doing evil, like, you know, you got you to gotta strike that balance. So also if they're taking all your money or a third of your money then and they're saying it's for charity, do you uh, – does that relieve you of your obligation to feed the hungry? I don't know, but um, so it's feed the hunger, give, drink, thirsty, clothes the naked, harbor the harborless, visit the sick, ransom the captive, and uh, bury the dead. Those are the corporal ones. I'll tell you the spiritual ones right after the break, and I'll take one more call. 800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez.
3: Monica Perez.
2: They think they control the galaxy. I disagree.
3: On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB.
0: I am the Libertarian Voice on WSB, Saturdays from 3 to 6 normally, but today I'm on live, Easter Sunday, Happy Easter, 12 to 2, so... Uh, we're in the home stretch, but we have lots more to come. I wanted to, if you want to hear the show from the beginning, go to the prop report as in propaganda, the prop report Wednesday mornings, we post it Thursday mornings, my producer Binkley and I post our podcast. So you get uh, a lot of good listening, like three hours of commercial free listening. Thank you. WSB for some of that. And I just went through the corporal works of mercy. I'm going to rattle off the spiritual works of mercy, uh, Four of them, Wikipedia said these things should not be practiced by non-experts, which just cracked me up. It needs expertise both in content and in tactfulness. I never heard that as a Catholic that you were that you were forbidden that you should not uh, engage in these works of mercy. <laughs> they, the four that Wikipedia cautions you against this is, you're, this is gonna make sense to you, Binkley, to instruct the ignorant they're like, don't don't dabble with that. To instruct the ignorant, to counsel the doubtful, no, 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 mustn't let anyone, uh, you can't um, tell people what you think, to have confidence in the truth, to admonish sinners, not allowed to do that, and to comfort the afflicted. I'm not even sure I know what that means, but these are the four things Wikipedia, not the Catholic Church. Wikipedia
1: is a mercy expert, as we all know.
0: Yes, that you should absolutely uh, only only be practiced by experts, experts. Um, and mercy is about compassion. Uh, but the other ones are to bear wrongs patiently. Of course, they want you to do that to forgive offenses willingly. I have to say I do say the Our Father a lot to remind me to. Uh, To forgive trespasses, because I'm going to need so much of that forgiveness. And to pray for the living and the dead, which I did not, uh, I didn't, uh, the priest during that um, quite thorough confession asked me if I honor my mother and my father. I said, well, my father's dead. And he said, well, when was the last time he had masses said for him? So I got some masses said for him. But I just didn't think of like praying for the dead. What does that mean? Like you can now, this church is very scrupulous about it not being like a buying intentions. They they always say mass on in the morning, and you don't have to like contribute. I do, but you don't have to. And at every mass, they will allow one person to be prayed for, and it just takes a long time. You have to write the name down in advance, but then they will pray, offer that mass for that person. Now, if they do like 10 of them, they said, this church says, that feels like you're selling them. It's one mass and they're just doing it as a, because we, that's what we do. So anyway, I thought it was interesting, but, uh, so these are little ways that you can uh, engage in these works of mercy, but you have to think about them. That's why I try to like enunciate them for people, uh, enunciate, whatever, tell people what they are because, I think so much of it is just thinking about it, is just being aware, and that's why my father used to say you have to look for these opportunities uh, because they just, otherwise you miss them. So I thought it was important to say that uh, to to keep to stay focused on Easter, what's really important. I want to take a call, then we absolutely have to go to these clips. They're fascinating to me. So let me take Leonardo in Dallas. Hi, Leonardo. You are on with Monica.
5: Hello. Thank you very much for taking my call. I hear you sometimes when I'm able to. So thank you for and happy Easter to you, too. Thank you. Okay. Okay, I was uh, calling a reference to that lady that called a little while ago about the end times. What's going to happen? Linda. Uh, yes, Linda and that is true it's uh, it's in the book of revelation and in daniel the book of daniel and all that stuff um it and this is a, a battle spiritual actually it's a spiritual battle but it's going to be with arms and weapons and all that too it, it, it's a battle between good and evil between god. the good is god and the evil is the devil which we know and um so it's all written in the Bible, in the back of the, the book, especially the book of Revelation. It mentions everything that's going to happen word by word. And this is the revelation of Jesus Christ himself, what's going to happen. This wasn't man-made, this was strictly out of his mouth through John, and he wrote it. And um, Jesus came into the world simply to save man, to save mankind, because of the fall of Adam. He's the second Adam, as we know. And he came into the world that whoever believes in him, this is for whoever. You know, you don't have to uh, the, the his, a, his not. It's not a, he doesn't. He didn't come to establish a religion. Man made religions up by names of churches and Church of Jesus Christ the Baptists, the Catholics. He didn't come to establish that. He came that the world, whoever be, would believe in him, and it's not forced upon anybody. All you have to do is believe in him and trust him as your Lord and Savior. And also, he didn't come to condemn the world. He repeated on verse 17, he didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. So in order for actually a person to understand about the end times, you have to, uh, first of all, you have to be saved because these are things that are spiritual. The Bible is, uh, a lot of things are in the natural the way they used to do it in the Old Testament, they used to kill, you know, the enemies in this, but now it's a battle, it's a different battle. This is a spiritual battle. We uh, we pray against, you know, the, the enemy, against the forces of evil. We pray against them, just like it says in Ephesians, but um, you can't truly understand what's going on without... Uh, the spiritual insight that only through a, a communion with God, with Jesus and the Holy Spirit, that you can have. Otherwise, you'll be uh, in the flesh. You'll be comparing. Oh, this is what's going on.
0: So, Without Leonardo,
5: yes. I love,
0: yes. I love what you're saying, and I am, I appreciate it, and I uh, welcome the call, and I appreciate it. I, it's out of my, <laughs> it's now you're out of my league. I am, I do. I do believe that this is why I was like saying do the just be aware of the works of mercy I'm beginning, and beginning. This is actually why I went to see the priest. It's like I really need some grounding and some wisdom. I mean, it's not natural to me. I'm not a very spiritual person by nature at all, but I get the difference between good and evil. I get the ability to analyze, I get all that, and I find that when I just give this stuff thought, there is often an answer that's been waiting for me, but I could not see it because it, I wasn't ready for it. So one thing I think that I have said before that I feel like I've observed myself is that Christ's message really uh, an essential, if not the essential thing, was this idea of, of it being inclusive, that there isn't this outgroup in-group thing that religions tend to Need Just like nation states. And I'm not saying tear down the borders that we're ready for that. I just I do believe that inclusiveness and everybody being saved or uh, Jesus coming for everyone is even if you are just. If you're not that spiritual like I am, it does help us understand and live in the world and not fall for this dialectic, which takes those kind of feels like moral conflicts and translates them into immoral action, some wars, subversion, stuff like that. So this kind of a conversation, we really could. I mean, people do dedicate their lives to this stuff, and I really appreciate that you could impart that wisdom to us in this couple of minutes. It's not like it's unheard of, what you said. I mean, I'm the ignorant one. So you are instructing the ignorant. I appreciate that. And... Uh, I am. I just have to go to these clips, though, of the Notre Dame thing. And thank you so much, Leonardo. And I am going to. So, so I had said earlier they wanted to redo Notre Dame in time for the Olympics, and there was just too much bureaucracy and not enough money, and the yellow vests. Are a protest movement in France that have been causing them a lot of trouble. Now, I am skeptical to the point po- possibly of sinfulness, if you want to go there. I'm very skeptical to the, I'm almost cynical and it's not good. But if I didn't have so much material that, that um, supported my view that most of this stuff is, is created by the powers that be in order to manipulate us into policy changes. I wouldn't be this way, but I just, it's constantly bolstered. However, I was reading and listening to various different reports, um, starting with, I usually go or often go to James Corbett. He's just a great researcher, alternative media guy, and he seems to me absolutely honest. So you don't have to agree with him, but it's a good place to start. He's got good judgment. He's smart. And I was reading about the yellow vests in France on his website and then clicked through some of the links, and it seems like it might be legit and that the yellow vests are emergency vests that all drivers are supposed to carry in their cars and then a carbon tax uh, was imposed by macron onto france even though france produces less than one percent of all the carbon on carbon dioxide emissions on earth they have this debilitating tax they're paying seven dollars a gallon for gas and to resist this they put their yellow vests on and as a sign of resistance and then they started really getting um activated so at one point tourism was closed down for because of these protests that France does not want the world to know so maybe closing down Notre Dame during this period where they're revamping it you know maybe even transforming that society uh it could be all part and parcel of a bigger plan I don't know but my theory is that it was it was They let it happen or cause it to happen because they're going to benefit from it. But there's other conspiracy theories going around, which I consider to be I think they call them red herrings. Like you're supposed to chase after it, even though it's not true. Um, So I've got to play. So I feel, feel like another element of the Notre Dame story is that we are being told and binkley here pointed out that it's fox news and he also pointed out some other interesting stuff we have to hear the clips first that they are they are um turning on the conspiracy theories so i just we have to do this let's do the chef smith can i have the first clip rachel and then i'm gonna i might stop you and then start it up again this is fox i think it's a setup. Go.
2: Felipe carcente is on the line with us a French elected official who is in paris now uh felipe wh- what what have you seen and what do you know
8: well I was um I was uh close to the scene when it happened and no I left the place because i we want to let people work around it everybody's really under shock now in France I would tell you something it's um even if nobody no, no nobody died i mean it's like a 9-11. it's a French 9-11, you know and it's um, it's a big shock. I mean, this uh, church was there for more than 850 years. Uh, even, even the Nazis didn't dare to destroy it. Um, and you need to know that for the past years, we had churches desecrated each and every week in France, all over France. So, of course, you will hear the story about the... politically correct uh, political correctness which will tell you that it's probably an accident
2: sir 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 we're not going to speculate here of the cause of something which we don't know if you have observation if you have observations or you know something we would love to hear it
8: no i'm just telling you something what we need to be ready
2: no sir we're not doing that here not now, okay. not on my watch. Okay. Felipe Carcenti, okay. it's very good of you to be here. Uh, we're We're watching the at least partial destruction of a world icon. Notre Dame Cathedral has been burning for two and a half hours. The initial reports we got were that the fire started in a construction zone in the rear. We are thousands of miles away. And the man on the phone with us has absolutely no information of any kind about the origin of this fire. And neither do I. And the fire investigators will at some point come to a determination about what caused this. And conspiracy theories about anything are worthless. And in many cases, counterproductive and injurious to society. And those who entertain them are not acting in the best interests of the people of this planet
0: I gotta explain what I think about that right after the break this is Monica Perez
3: Monica Perez don't
2: hate the player or hate the game son
3: on news 955 at am 750 WSB
0: I'm super bummed that we are out of time like I cannot tell you more bummed than ever because we just played this two and a half minute clip by Chef Smith. Which we need to play again and talk about. He had a guy on who he introduced as an elected official. But thanks to Binkley's quick research, he discovered the guy was not an elected official. He's a known and controversial conspiracy theorist. So they knew exactly what this guy was going to say. And they used it as an opportunity to shut it down. And Shep said, this guy has no idea what started the fire. That may be true. And I don't think the guy said he, he didn't say he knew what started the fire. What he said was there were a lot of desecrations of churches in France. I've seen the articles. People started tweeting the articles about that right away. And, uh, and he was talking about that. Those are facts in evidence. Facts in evidence that Shep Smith shut down. But the other clip that Binkley got for me was Neil Cavuto saying the same thing in the same way to Phil Donahue, not the Phil Donahue, the guy who runs. Um, uh, he's a Catholic leader. I forget what organization he runs. Uh, he, they were. He was saying the same thing, and Cavuto was like, "No, we can't. No, we can't say anything that isn't true." And the guy said, "This is true. I'm telling you what's true." And they shut this stuff down on purpose, and they were actually shutting down unpatriotic facts because those people were bringing facts. There's so much more to talk about. You've got to listen. We'll do it on the podcast. Uh, You can listen to this show Wednesday and listen to the podcast Thursday on thepropreport.com. This is Monica Perez. Be back next week, Saturday, 3 to 6.